P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. So today we're discussing Owning Mahoney. It's based off of a true story, based off of a, a real person. Brian, how many times uh, would you say that Philip Seymour Hoffman has portrayed a real-life person? Wow, I didn't think about that. So far? Well, do you want to go so far or you want to go in his career? Define real person. Like, okay, like, because I don't know if, for instance, in Money for Nothing, if that friend of his was a no, real I person. No, I know. So, I mean, it has to be a pretty, <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he like, well, using that biopic or, yeah. like, yeah. okay, I don't know, five? Well, we've got... Lester Bangs. Oh, yeah, I can think of five off the top of my head already. Capote. Art Howe. From Moneyball. Yes, from Moneyball. And then I put maybe the Dr. Mitch from Patch Adams. I wasn't. <laughs> oh, well, you can't. Exactly. You can't, you can't, yeah, you can't yeah, no, that. I'm sorry. And then you would know better than I. There's that guy. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this Greek. Gus Avocado. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, that guy's real from Charlie Wilson's War. I believe. Okay. I so believe. that's that's four. This makes five. Okay, so I wasn't as off yeah. as I thought. And then obviously Plutarch Havensby from Hunger's Game. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rain! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Puppy. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy. That's uh, okay, thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hi, Hoff fans. Welcome to this week's edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. Today we have a Canadian film. Yeah, from uh, Tirana. Can't name too many Tirana films, but... Tirana? Tirana. <laughs> I don't think they put an A at the end. They do. I don't I know. I just know from Argo that they don't pronounce the second T. I mean, all the uh, Canadians from Toronto... Canada? Yeah, Canada. <laughs> no. <laughs> it should be Canada, right? They're Canadians. It's America. We're Canadians. Canadians. I mean, if Cana- it's Canada, it should be Canadians. Yeah, right? Canadians. Or it should be- no, the Canadians is kind of probably can- with the French flair. Anyway, anyway, the <laughs> film we're discussing today yeah. is Owning Mahoney. Owning Mahoney, and uh, H- had you seen it before? Kyle? I had seen it before, and it was. Uh, How awful. did you see it before? Um, I don't want to say that this was a Reinfried family movie night, but I definitely remember it being rented. So whether, like, my parents rented it one night, like, I don't truly remember, like, sitting down and watching this, especially because it came out in 2003, and we weren't, that was, once I was... You were no longer a family at that point. Well, like, in high school, it wasn't like we didn't (laughs) sit sit down. No, you were just... Around the tube. You were, like, you were in that part of the song. I was in marching band. I was really cool. Let's move on. You know that Cats in the Cradle song? You were mm-hmm. like that stage. You yeah, exactly. Presented your father and yeah. just didn't go. I home. asked him for the keys. He thought we were going to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I ask you like how you saw it because I'd never seen it. And this was a very hard film to watch in terms of, <laughs> like, I mean, not, no, 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 
not like literally to watch, but in terms of finding it to see. Yes. It wasn't available on any streaming service, even to rent. To watch it again, I had to watch it illegally online. Yeah, unfortunately I did too, which I hate. I'm pretty sure I got viruses on my phone and on my computer and it kept stopping. Yeah. Like it, I mean, I don't, I don't understand because I know enough people who have seen this movie. Yeah, it should it's be a available. Well-reviewed movie, and there's and there's streaming service. Yeah, and like it's a movie that, um, you know, as we like to play clips for you guys when we're discussing certain scenes, I look up beforehand so we know what clips we're gonna play, and there's a plethora of clips. So it's just one of those things that, um, I mean, hey, who are we? We could, we I like we we you can buy it and order it, you know. Online, you know, as yeah. in, I'm sorry, you can buy the DVD. You Amazon. can buy the DVD, but it's not like an in-print DVD. Yeah, it's just like, and Amazon only has a limited supply of them, and it's just weird because I didn't expect this late into his career. More, I should say, this or last decade films to be hard to find. We need to reach out to I don't know who like does this when obviously it's a. An actor that uh, worked for several studios and stuff like that, but there just needs to be like a Philip Seymour Hoffman like collectible, you know, movie like the like the anthology, the Hoffman anthology. Yeah, the Hoffman anthology. That'd be cool. I mean, it'd make our jobs easier. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, so I guess we'll just jump right into this one. And you had and you hadn't seen it. No, before? I hadn't. Okay. No, and so, well, so unfortunately, you didn't watch in the best. What you know? No, unfortunately, way to watch but for the, the maybe you can. Give me some of the camera insight. I know this is legendary shots and stuff. Yeah, I mean... No, I'm kidding. But oh, I was, <laughs> shot work, really? No, I was just like, I can give you insight. I, I didn't... That was a joke. I really don't care. Okay. I'm just sure. I mean, no, I'm kidding. If you want to share some camera insight. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know if there's something like magical. This is the first time. Like well, a, a reverse well Dutch movie. angle. I was, you had me, you had me stumped for a second. I thought, <laughs> I thought I thought you knew something I didn't know. No, I couldn't tell if it was a well shot movie really. It just wasn't the best quality on Well, I can tell you the director, Richard, uh, help me out with that last name. It's Polish of some sort. I can't read your handwriting, but it's like is K- that a W? K-W-I-E-T. Kuwintowski, Kuwintowski. I don't know. Yeah. Not Lewandowski. No. Kuwintowski. Sure. I don't know if Joey Lewandowski is Polish. I have to assume. I don't even know if this last name is Polish. He is. I looked it up. Okay. Uh, but he hasn't directed really much else. No, um, he has not. Again, Interesting. For, maybe, maybe he knew him from his Schuler days. We don't know. Oh. I don't think he's actually like a Polish. Polish. I think he's a Polish Canadian. This director, uh, Richard Richard K, (laughs) (laughs) never really directed anything else. But I can tell you, like this is, I think this is a really well-made movie, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty good cast. It's not a, it's not a huge cast, uh, but as far as our leading actors, we've got as uh, Dan Mahoney, we've you know lead actor Philip Seymour Hoffman, then his girlfriend Belinda, played by Minnie Driver, who does not play a blonde with bangs often with a Canadian end. accent <laughs> with the Canadian not something I've seen but I do have opinions on it and then uh, the character uh, Victor Foss is played by John Hurt the late John Hurt and then we've not got not William Hurt because I was very confused I was looking for William Hurt yeah that's always it? like I know like, and I know you know the difference <laughs> but it's <laughs> one of those that like strong Irish names John and William so you think that they're yeah but John Hurt famous for Alien and William Hurt, famous for the 
Big Chill. Yeah, we'll something. say The Big Chill, one of our favorites here at the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, last, uh, you know, real uh, notable name, uh, the character Frank Perlin, played by Maury Chankin, who is, uh, does some n- nice work here as, a, uh, as like a mob. What else do I know him from? So, uh, I th- a movie we both really enjoy, Mystic River. Okay, yeah. yeah he's like the lawyer of the town. He's uh, also a small part in uh, Dances with Wolves. True, true. And then I'm totally blanking right now, but I feel like he might have been in a movie that we've uh, we've uh, covered on the podcast. Would have been something we should have probably looked up, but let me see quick. Da, da, da. Oh, it's money for nothing. Yes, I didn't want to. I, I, I had that. I had a feeling, but I didn't want to swear to it. But he's. I mean, he's Makes in. So, he's in I, so I many think movies. I know him from my cousin Vinny from watching this. Oh yeah, he's got the great. He's one of like the people that they're. Uh, you know, like a witness in the. Yeah, he's like a character actor. This guy. Yeah. Like a true character actor, as Amos Poe taught us. Like he's like an old school character actor. This guy. Yes. <laughs> so. You enjoyed this film, then? That's that's. Yeah, I think it's a really well-made movie. Again, I'm really kind of stumped as to why it's so hard to find. Well, like it's not on Amazon. I mean, I'm a little torn at this on one. YouTube or... I, I think he's great in it. Okay. I think I like Mini Driver. I did like the acting. It's some of it's a little popcorny to me, um, but he he does a really great job. I think that's just job. Canada. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Is that I don't want to be like, it's not racist, but like nationalist. But there is like a a Canada quality. Yeah. Know? Like I can't describe known to And we be, love our fans in Canada, by the way. They're known to be not... super nice and like also like super apologetic for no apparent reason. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the stereotype, nothing. but... Yeah, and I've met, I feel like I've met enough that they're like, that they, that they totally like... <laughs> say yes and that's what they think as well that they, you know. so the Canadian accents are really heavy in this film by the way yeah I mean it's definitely they're very strong with like Mini Driver and Philip Seymour Hoffman but when he like gets into certain moments it's not he, he says certain words yeah but some of them like even like they say eh a lot you know like if I feel like if I were making a Canadian film, that's how they would talk too, and I and I I don't really know the Canadian accent. So this film, by the way, gets like seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes for both. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a well made movie, but I'm not gonna say it's a masterpiece or even like one of his. It's just he he ne- he never really. I mean, for a very high like stakes movie, as he pretty much stays on a same level of like emotion as far as his you know yeah and that's that's something that people either i this is another film where i there were criticisms of his performance but i think there was more criticisms of the choice and most of the people really really loved his performance so it, it, it definitely minority opinions some people say what maybe it was a little too muted maybe he wasn't acting like he should have acted there However, yeah, I don't I mean, necessarily believe that. I think it's a different... I want to compare it to a film we mentioned before, Money for Nothing. And I like John Cusack. But John Cusack plays that up a little... More like we've seen. Yeah. Or, or like more like we imagine the character would who come into a lot of money. 
Well, definitely, I mean, when it comes to that performance, and we learned even more that the guy, like, had, like, drug addictions that John Cusack was playing, and that, I, that just, based off of that real-life person, that character has more, like, colorful opportunities, I guess, if you're going to portray it that way, versus what I've read about. So, Dan Mahoney, the real person's name is Brian Maloney, (laughs) and they didn't they didn't use that because it was very similar to the, uh, like, I think the mayor of I think Toronto. It was, oh, the mayor? Time. That it was the prime minister. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the prime minister. You're correct. Prime Mulroney. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, so I guess it so could they changed been. the name for that reason because it was too... Yeah. It's so funny, though, that, I mean, that they changed the name to something so similar. That's like, hey, I'm writing a movie and there's a character in it called, like, Niles line freed or something you know like just oh, oh but it's not about you yeah. you know or like you see like the juvenile people write scripts like oh i'm writing it about a girl i really like but her name's Jennifer. like you know Jennifer. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's not even a real name it's no so these are firmly real names <laughs> so yeah i mean look I, I think it's a good movie w- what i like about it well i'll put it this way it it opens and it has the pace of a movie that you've said or a pace that you like in movies mm-hmm. in terms of we start right away into this. So what is this film about, Kyle? Why don't you give us one of your your trademark little summaries here? Based on a true story, Dan Mahoney is a young, talented bank manager who just happens to be addicted to gambling. From Toronto to AC to Vegas, he uses millions of dollars of the bank's money. How long will it take to figure out that mild-mannered Dan is Canada's biggest thief? Are you changing these more to like what should be on the back of the VHS cover, Just rather than like summarizing it for people? Yeah, because <laughs> then we talk about it during the thing. So it's I like to leave it on a little bit of a cliff cliff note, a little bit of. In the old radio business, we call that a tease. Yeah, right now someone's walking down the hallway. I didn't mean that old for radio uh, okay. business. I meant like. 1993. Uh-huh. That's okay. Little orphan Annie. I'm glad you brought your hoofs, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> that's the end of the. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. Let's fireside chat with Brian and Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> What's good about the beginning of this movie for us is we see Philip Zimmer Hoffman right away. Boom. And we get him the entire time. Is there a scene that he's not in? Did you happen to recognize that? I, I think I think he might. Yeah, be. yeah, a couple. Yeah. Um. There's, you know. I mean, well, they'll like, question like the banker, like Mahoney. He couldn't have done that. Sure. There's like or the like quick... elevator scene. Well, that's a good. Or po- the girlfriend. Yeah. Well, that's know. a good point. That there's like always like then you'll cut to like the casino and John Hurt's character Victor and he's up there. But it is. I mean, number one, it's a pretty like well-paced movie. It's a hour oh, yeah, and 45 yeah. minutes. It's fast the entire time, too. And it's a lot of short scenes. So, yeah, there are, like, a bunch of those. And every scene is related to his to addiction, too. Yeah. So he has a gambling addiction here, and we I mean, we should address that he's playing an addict again. Yes. It's not the same kind of addiction. Oh, well, I don't know if he had a gambling addiction in real life. I don't think so. No, I don't. I think. But it's not the same kind of addiction, dare I say, he's known for. But, no, and also, I mean, he's played addicts in movies, and he, you know. But it's something I think, as a at, at this time, a former addict, it, it's something I'm sure he drew from. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. Again, it's uh, it wasn't. It's emotional, but I mean, he plays kind of the same like level of character the whole time, you know. But then you've got many drivers, Belinda coming in there, and then finally, I at first I you know I I didn't remember much of this film. I didn't remember much of her performance. I was like, oh boy, this is kind of like a weak character. But then finally, she starts like, yeah, no, I thought she was good, especially towards the end. Yeah, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, she's so corny, right? Yeah. But then, like, like they're moving into a new place together. And... She is. If we want to talk about Canadian stereotype, she just with the accent, and. I don't know, but I'm gonna again, again cite this movie Argo, which is not a Canadian film, but they're, you know, they pretend to be yeah. the Canadian crew, <laughs> so <it> just, <laughs> that's kind of just what I'm associating with. But like they're kind of dressed the same, so it's that like late '70s, early '80s look. This takes place what eighty eighty through eighty three or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, it says like right in the beginning, eighty to eighty two. But I mean, she's super Canadian in a sense where. Super loyal, super forgiving. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but she, but she's actually great, and she's, you know, I mean, I like Minnie Driver. So he's supposed to be playing uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That is, is supposed to be playing a twenty-four-year-old. That's what how old Dan Maloney, or I'm sorry, Brian Maloney was in real life. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't get that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's not he's not incredibly old at this point, but in two thousand three, I think he's in his in his early. Th- 30s. So I'm sure you read this fact, but I read it too that people who who knew him, Brian Maloney said Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance was dead on. Yeah, I mean, I I I read that and I didn't find any. Um, I was hoping to find maybe like an interview with Brian Maloney mm-hmm. so I could like watch something, you know, like hear him speak or just like watch his mannerisms. But, but if I, I love I, everything Philip Seymour Hoffman did with this role. But if I didn't know that fact. And then you just told me that he was supposed to play a 23-year-old. I was like, wow, he did not seem like he was 23. But, but the real-life guy, he, he was addicted to gambling since he was 10 years old. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he, that's when he first went to the horse tracks. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what, okay, that's also important. He, when we say he gambles, like, it's in, like, every sports, like, And recklessly. It, there's no science to his gambling. Yeah. He says at one point, I want to bet on every home American League Baseball team and every away National League Baseball team. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no science to that, obviously. He's, like, addicted to the gambling rush. Yeah, the total. And what is it? he keeps saying to Mini Driver that he's not addicted to gambling. He's He has... He's, he's got financial problems. Yeah. Problems, you know, like... Well, he's got financial problems. <laughs> but I... But he was yeah. watching Degrassi at times. <laughs> but again, I mean, I just... I do like the way it starts. starts off with a... Just like this beautiful close-up of uh, Niagara Falls, and then he's being spoken to and asked a question, and he pretty much says, my secrets are a bit more public right now. Uh, and then it just says, real events, Toronto, 80-82. Is he in therapy? I think it's like <laughs> court mandated therapy like i don't know if like canada's just nicer and that's what like an interrogation room looks like yeah him like on a couch (laughs) relaxing (laughs) yeah spoiler alert he does get arrested in the end of the film and not too much of a spoiler i think no but we've and then we find out that he gets a six-year sentence which isn't bad for stealing over 10 million dollars yeah but it seems like he has to pay back the money yeah, no, yeah, well, he has to, like, 
I forget X amount of money was taken out of like every check for. Um, and I know we're jumping years. ahead, but yeah. in a lot of things where we say, "Oh, the sentence was that light," like "Catch Me If You Can," if you think about another movie about fraud. Yeah, well, this is, uh, made me think of that movie because he ended up um, becoming uh, a consultant in this movie, a cons- uh, consultant for a company that investigates fraud. Okay, cool. So very similar. No, but to- "Catch Me If You Can," right? Like. It's almost, I don't, like, there's an argument for that film where you can say, what he did was worth it, because he lived an awesome life. Yeah. Like, in between, and he's not, like, still in prison, or theoretically, at the end of the movie, still in prison. Did he, at least the Mahoney character in the film, really live that awesome of a life? No. <laughs> he's, he's a guy who drove nine and a half hours to Atlantic City every weekend from Toronto to gamble on random stuff and go back home and just have, like, a normal apartment. He didn't really spend that much. No, he had a crappy car. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, it's, everything is, like, f- at the end, like, his girlfriend towards the end gets him, like, a nice winter coat. He's like, oh, a nice winter coat. That's so nice of you. Like, <laughs> like, it's cold in Canada, yeah. so I gotta get you a coat. Like, even with Victor, played by, um, you know, John Hurt, Victor is, like, the manager of this uh, one casino in AC, and just as, you know, they find out that Dan Mahoney is going to be spending a lot of money, so they comp a room for him, and they're just trying to find, you know, as like what I think they call those people like whales or whatever that are spending a lot of money in casinos. They just want to find something to make him stick around there, so he offers him so everything, everything and anything, even at one point a hooker. And he's yeah, you got like, to see breasts. I know you like to, that. Yeah, got to see some boobs. Thank you. Not many drivers. It was the hookers. No. But point being, uh, you know, he, he offers them everything. And all that Dan Mahoney wants is ribs with no sauce and a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's, uh, and I'm assuming, that has to be, I feel like that's, like, so specific that he has to be, like. A, oh, real thing. I yeah, real thing. that's specifically Canadian. I'm like, no, maybe. No, yeah. In Canada, well, they don't Canadian like sauces, delicacy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. A little sidebar here. There is a film that Mini Driver is topless in. Have you ever seen it, and do you know it? No. I'm going to look this up while, while we discuss. Why? Because, because because I need to know now, because now that we've discussed... How do you know? How do you even know that she's... Because I have it ingrained in my mind. You've seen a picture of her? No, I've seen the film. Oh. Okay. No, no, not like a, like a side note, like... <laughs> I didn't, like, look her up. I don't stalk Mini Driver. Mini Driver, I'm sorry, I do not stalk you. <laughs> I only know okay. you from a couple of films. What films is... I mean, Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, like we said, we like the pacing of this film. And really, not that much happens. It's just he gets more and more into debt. Yeah, well, for a while, I'm just like, does this guy just keep losing money? Like, the first uh, I mean, handful of times we see him gambling from, you know... The horse races to sports to the casinos, he just keeps losing money, and then finally, he like hits big in uh, in AC. So there's hardly any winning in this film. Like it just goes through like this. Pretty much showing like I mean the all negative sides of an addiction. I mean right? without going over the top. This movie yeah, I mean, never this isn't goes like over it's not like either you got that typical scene of like the enforcer beating him up or breaking a finger or like the, at one point 
Maury Chaykin's character said, like, oh, so that's your girlfriend. He's like, no, don't. Don't do that. Like, you know, like, I'm losing my Canadian accent. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the film, I don't know why, in, like, this is one of the, that's why I remember it. It's probably one of the first, like, films, and I didn't expect, it was a film called The Governess, where Mini Driver is topless. Never heard of it? It was on, like, Showtime when I was in, uh, in, like, in the summer as a kid. I'm sorry, like, I'm not, a, you know, big on this, but when you're a kid and it's, you hit puberty. Yeah. The first, <laughs> you know, the first, like... If you're going to ask me, uh, like, mm-hmm. before we started recording today, what were <laughs> No, 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 but about. things come up, we can discuss it. I, I, the I first know. films you see, like, a topless girl, it's like, oh my god, you yeah. know? But it's like, now it's like, whatever, like... Oh, yeah, no. Game of Thrones, just like... No, I'm still like, I love boobs. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, but it's not something like again. At least we're watching like Game of Thrones. It's not something I'm like, oh my god, boobs on the screen. Yeah. You know? Well, just... yeah, okay, sure. You're not, they're not as, like... But when you're a kid, you're like, what? Oh my god, what is this? Yeah, what is Should this? I be doing this? You know? I think Titanic for our generation was like a kind of like, which is like explicit sex scenes and stuff in like a mainstream. Film. Yeah, probably like one of the first movies kids were. Like, and I was like embarrassed even watching it. You know. Like in theater. Yeah. <laughs> did you see Titanic in theaters? Yeah, I did. Wow, I didn't. I wasn't allowed. No I'm kidding. <laughs> Boat sinking and all. You know that. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have to say, as far as his like look in this film, I mean, you said the big glasses. You know, the eight like the eighties kind of. I mean, both of them do him and uh, Belinda, but. He wanted to say Tabitha. I don't know Tabitha, why. <laughs> Tabitha Belinda. Uh, but he just has, you know, like the typical, like, Phyllis Hoffman length of hair. But I just love how, like, slick back it is. And, I mean, just, like, the mu- I mean, he's got that mustache. And the biggest thing in this film is I feel like the whole time he just keeps his chin really close to, like, his neck. He just creates this, like, wide face and he just very I, I he's just I, I think the biggest reason in real life and then also what makes it believable in this movie is that in no like I thought maybe his assistant was gonna start guessing cause I forget what he what he was calling the one client the mm, the phantom oh, the phantom that's yeah. what other people were calling yeah and, but like nobody else like had a clue just because he was like a trust, you know, really trustworthy guy, and he was just so nice, and like he was just somebody that everyone has just like a really small like chit chat with about like a baseball game. And... Uh, like, is that Canadian though? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it feels like a Canadian stereotype. Like, oh, I don't want to suspect Mr. Mahoney. Yeah. You know? Oh, never. Never. He wouldn't do that. He's a good guy. You know? <laughs> um, so I want to get into just quickly like how he's getting the money. Yeah, I wish we kind of had like a. A bank manager here explained it all to me. I felt like, as I've said before, with like economics and like that kind of talk, it was just all of a sudden I went like, I I don't know what's you going on. You could have asked your bank teller, like, yeah, hi, this is Denise from Bank of America or something. TD Bank, thank you very much. Why don't you give him your account number too? Eh. <laughs> Basically, he's like a dorky banker. You said he's like a young banker, and they make a point to say that, like, he's the youngest, like, junior partner or something, or some yeah. kind of position. And you know he's it's his job to write loans, and they have this big meeting at the beginning with a very rich client. She's like an heiress. To yeah, she's running some kind of like 
foundation or something for her through her dad's company. Yeah, her dad. A project in her dad's. Her dad's like a well-known multi-multi-millionaire, and she essentially wants to extend her line of credit. I know, guys, this is riveting stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Mahoney is, you know, he kind of like backs her up, and she gets the line of credit, and basically he uses her as a front. Yeah, the entire time he uses her. He creates like I think even like a fake. A fake yeah, well, account. the everything he doesn't really create a fake account. It's he's just drawing from her account, like as if it was other uh, investors. Uh-huh. It's it, <laughs> asking for like I think even like a larger line of credit in some cases. Yeah, the line of credit keeps increasing. Um, it, it got, sorry for the poor <laughs> you with banking facts. Well, I think actually we can then uh, like give credit where it's due to the film that still made it like an entertaining. I mean, it's yeah. not like they go into like numbers and stuff. No, no, we're we're not doing it justice. But this is an entertaining film. Yeah, I mean, but it's not as like... we sit here talking about it, I'm like trying to figure out like. Not well, why, a lot but of like the film is like he goes, he gets money in the bank, he goes <laughs> down, he gambles. <laughs> then he has like a talk with Belinda, and then he has a talk with Victor, and then yes, so, he has so a talk he, with Frank, and it's yeah. So he has a regular bookie, like we say, he's like a regular gamble, yeah, gambler, Frank. Frank. And basically, I guess he wants to do more with his gambling now that he has access to money. Yeah, I did. It seem to you. That, like, at at one point I was like, oh, is this the first time he's going to, like, a casino? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. I don't think so. I just, okay. So, basically, he withdraws from this fund originally, because his bookie is like, you gotta pay me back. Like, I need the money. And it seems like, like, all vices, I suppose. I don't think he's ever done this kind of, like, stealing from the bank before. But he originally does it just to pay back his bookie, and you know, like a yeah, like a gambler. Like twenty thousand dollars or something. Yeah. We've both been to Vegas. We've both obviously been to Atlantic City, seeing as we're based here in New York, New Jersey area. Whenever, you know, when you're gambling at a table, you always think like, if you lose, well, I'll just make it back on this hand. Yeah. And I could only imagine for someone. <laughs> you, I, you don't understand like the pit that's just forming in my stomach right now. Just watching this movie, like. Like, like, anxiety, just... Ugh. Yeah, you play more of the tables than I do. I, I don't play the table games, but, I, but when I go to Vegas, I, I like to do the sports stuff. And, you know, it's it's such an anxiety process. I can't imagine being addicted to it, how bad it would be. So I assume he takes uh, takes this money out of this woman's line of credit just thinking, I'm going to win and I'm going to pay it back. But it's just so easy for him to get the money. Yeah, and also, I mean, like, a few times, like, I mean, again, the whole earlier part of the movie just seems like he's, like, not good and, like, losing every hand and just, like, loses the money pretty fast. And then there's a few trips that he takes that, like, yeah, he makes, like, some, like, substantial money, but then, you know, he eventually loses loses it all. But he, at one point, he's playing, like, $70,000 hands. Yeah, he's just, he gets more addicted to just and it's just really the game because as you said this casino manager played by John Hurt mm. is just trying to basically kiss his ass. Yeah. What's the guy he signs him Bernie? Yeah, they even all right so there's this great moment where uh you know we we learned again that he wants just 
uh, barbecue ribs, no sauce, and a Coke. So Victor doesn't want to disturb Dan while he's uh, gambling. Of course, Dan loses like all the money, and he walks off, and he even says no to the ribs. But I love he goes into this stairwell yeah. where you know you're not supposed to, you know, just for like the staff and stuff like that. And there's this uh, young black man just sitting there hanging out. I guess it was he like a cook at that point. I don't know. I don't just, think he I was mean, a bellhop at that point. No, just I mean, ser- like some kind of service, you know. Yeah, he might even be a porter or something. Yeah, and he's just sitting there and offers him ribs. And yeah, he's like, I've got plenty, and then Dan just starts cracking up. And I love it; it's just one of those great cuts to uh, them sitting on the steps eating some ribs together. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they enjoy ribs together, and the casino manager notices it, and he he promotes Bernie. Yeah to, like, basically a personal bellhop of Mahoney. And it, pretty nice. It's pretty it's nice, but it also becomes, like, a very intensive thing because he's, like, fired and rehired a couple times. Yeah, the definitely feel bad for Bernie towards the end because once, <laughs> like, <laughs> Victor knew that uh, Dan was no longer going to be, you know, coming back to the casino. So the last time we see, <laughs> Ber- last time we see Bernie, Victor says, uh, you know, you're finally fired. Yes, for good. And who knows? Maybe he brings Bernie back. We don't know. No. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, and then... Oh, well, well, look, it, again, it, it's weird because this is... And this is why his performance is so great. He's not addicted to the sweet... At one point, he goes down with a friend, and they get a sweet, and it's so awkward. The friend's just like this corny guy who tucks in his shirt and pl- plays, like, slot machines. Yeah. And, and just hangs out in the room, like, oh, you don't want to gamble anymore. Come back to the room. <laughs> little. But he's just so excited. They have, like, a huge wraparound couch and three bathrooms and this huge Washrooms. Washrooms, yeah. That's a, <laughs> must be a Canada thing, washrooms. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I went to Vancouver. It was the first time I was in Canada. And I asked for the bathroom at a restaurant. They thought it was crazy. Like, Oh, oh, a washroom. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a crazy thing In to Europe, call it. In Europe, they call it a water closet. The, the WC? Yeah, you know? the WC. It is a weird thing to say. Listen. Yeah, bathroom, because we're not... Because like, there's not a bath in there, yeah. to the bath. Or even, like, rest- uh, Any time at a restaurant, are you taking a bath? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write it off. There might be a point that I take a bath. Though. I could see you as the guy who gets really sweaty and like takes the dress shirt off and like just puts the soap, on, like you know, rubs it under the arms, and puts, puts the shirt back on. It's kind of funny because Dan does that in this movie. <laughs> oh, does he? I don't even yeah. remember. You keep calling him Dan, and I'm forgetting. Like, I know, I know that's his name. Oh, okay. I was. Just I just thought. I thought. I keep, I keep, no, because I knew my head, him as I Mahoney. Second guessing myself. <laughs> no, no, it is Dan. But okay, it's. It's not, again, I said this in the last episode, it's not Owen Mahoney. No, it's not. Which I thought it was, like, originally oh, when I because heard, it's heard of this film. I thought oh. it was, like, a biopic, like, Owen Mahoney. Oh. But it's owning Mahoney, because I guess the gambling owns him? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really think much about the... <laughs> about the I wonder how many I, titles I haven't really thought about before. I feel so bad, because... This, like I said, this is actually a good movie, and we're doing a terrible job selling it. We're making it seem like more of a joke, and gambling's a real addiction. And if you are a gambling addict, well, you get to go, help. To go back to that scene that you uh, mentioned, that like he goes down with a friend, like that definitely, like when he goes up because he tells him to hold on to that forty thousand. He's like, no matter what, don't give it to me. Yeah. And he goes up to him when he's at the slots and is like begging him for it. Like that again was just one of those moments, like. 
few moments of like where you, I think you saw like the real struggle of his addiction. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's it was a really indicative moment. Yeah, and the only and the, and the other big moments are just a lot with Belinda where he's supposed to be having lunch with her or he leaves like bowling. I'm assuming that was supposed to be her parents and that's Yeah, even even where they're having like wine or playing a game or something like with the friends. Yeah. Like he's just like he's watching oh, oh, a yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. another one. Uh, it's a North Carolina game or whatever. And the spread is two, so people who don't gamble sports and I don't get don't regularly gamble sports, but But you understand the Yeah, a two point spread means if he bet the over on North Carolina, it's not about North Carolina winning necessarily. They have to win by two or more points. Yeah. For it was probably one and a half, but <laughs> Basically, they have to. He has to win the money. I think he bets like thirty thousand on this, or yep. at least twenty thousand on this Something bet. Ridiculous, yeah. And he's watching the game with his friends, and he's rooting for North Carolina the whole time. So they just assume he wants North Carolina to win, and North Carolina wins by one point, which for the game they win, but for a gambler, since they didn't win by two, he loses. Oh, and they're they're just so freaking confused on like. But they're like, but North Carolina won. I don't yeah, understand. He's just like curmudgeon. I mean, I would be too if I lost like something like thirty thousand dollars. And mm. but why again? Bet that on a freaking one basketball game. I don't know. But you must have a problem if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, eventually, I mean, well, he, t- um, I mean, he takes out so much money. But like the big, like first big chunk of change is like two hundred thousand dollars. And I just say this because also this was like the first time I was like, oh, is someone going to find out? Because supposedly his assistant, you know, comes and says, oh, the boss wants to see you. And so he goes to have a meeting with his boss. And I just, I thought this was a, we'll we'll play this clip for you guys because it's a fun one. Awesome. The Selkirk account seems to be moving at incredible speed. Perhaps we should find out what their schedule is in the advised regional office. Um... You know, a higher line of credit would be a lot simpler. Okay. Good idea. Keep her sweet, Dan. Right. You've opened a loan account for Pembro Trading? Finally, yes. I thought they'd run into partnership problems. Well, I guess things are rolling. Uh, the documentation was all in place. You approved it yourself. Okay. And Jake Arnold. Jake Arnold. Uh, same thing. How long ago did we authorize credit? Two years. And he's never borrowed against it until now? Nope, but he could have. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange. You know, I think he set the whole thing up just so he could tell his friends he had a million-dollar credit line. <laughs> well, maybe business got bad. Maybe he won't be uh, handing out jars of peanuts this Christmas. He really does that? Sure. Even his uh, <laughs> desk is peanut-shaped. You're kidding. No. (laughs) What a guy. Uh, What a nut. (laughs) (laughs) Good work, Dan. Thank you, Bill. Dan, there's a problem. Roger Oskiner. What's the problem? There's an interest payment overdue. Uh, No problem. He's selling bonds today. Just stopped by to sign the order and pick up his cash. He did? Yeah. I missed him again? Mm Mm-hmm. Jeez. Gonna have to start bagging lunch, see if I can lay eyes on this guy. He's a goddamn phantom. 
Oscar and the Phantom. So we got some classic Philip and Roth and laughs in that. Scene. Yeah, some good uh, with a little Canadian twi- <laughs> twist. Yeah, a little Canadian flair. Zest. <laughs> <laughs> and some of your, uh, you know, supporting characters right there. I don't. Th- th- this is a film that. It has a bunch of other characters, but I didn't recognize them. I feel like this guy. So you said he's from this director is from Canada, or? It's, I think he's a Polish Canadian, I believe. I feel like he definitely I think that's plucked what it said. right from the heart of Canada. Maybe I mean maybe these. They certainly were... feel Canadian. <laughs> yeah, his boss is just so trusting. I mean, why why shouldn't he be? But he's just so trusting with Dan. I think that Phil Turner-Hoffman's performance, though, makes it believable because yeah. he, he's even he's keel the entire time. Losing, winning, he's... You don't see, like, a huge blow-up moment. No, I mean, and even said, like, I love that he throws right back at his boss. He's like, oh, remember you approved it. Like, he's like, oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. And then we get, you know, I mean, just that banter with them. I don't understand the whole peanuts thing and everything but uh i'm assuming this guy owns a peanut company of sorts but i just it it just has some of the great banter in this film and then we go to uh you know played a little bit for you but the his assistant and just that whole phantom bit that we mentioned earlier well i'm sorry by the way this director is a british director He's a. This is an English director of Polish descent. Huh. Good to know. His only other film that you can like click and look on, at least in Wikipedia, that has like a lot of information, is a film called Love and Death on Long Island. Kind of like that title. Yeah. Love and Death on Long Island. But yeah, he's not somebody I'm familiar with. John Hurt again. I guess he's a freaking collaborator with John Hurt. Two time call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. But he's know. English, so maybe he's related to him. They're all related. Yeah. Is William Hurt English? He's American. I'm just curious if, <laughs> if it was only a Hurt thing. <laughs> so another key, I guess, moment in this film is when... I knew this was coming when he asks her this, but you can tell uh, Minnie Driver's character... What's her name again? I keep Belinda. Belinda. I keep wanting to say Tabitha. <laughs> Both seem Canadian, at least 80s Canadian. Uh, but Belinda... Like you said, she's she's not pulling away because she's really loyal, but she's clearly upset. Yeah, she, she knows I, something up. She's like, I know you have a gambling problem. Mm-hmm. You know, let let's I'll help you. Whatever you need, I'll help you. But um, she he kind of says to her, Hey, let's go on a trip. Let's take a trip somewhere. And I'm like, He's gonna take her to Vegas. She's like, Oh, somewhere warm. And they go to Vegas, and it's they're in like this huge suite. She's like, Oh, how'd you get it? Oh, I got a friend. Yeah, I've got you a know. friend, of course. <laughs> and it's just another freaking gambling trip. He knows what he's doing. I love, though, how the AC Casino finds out he's in Vegas, and they're, like, super pissed off. Yeah, they're like, oh, those headhunters, you know. Yeah, and, and I guess that's what happened. Someone offered, hey, go to Vegas, gamble at our casino. Because it, it's, it's a branch of the casino in Vegas. Yeah. Like the Vegas and the AC Casino. Yeah, so Victor's really... It's like a lot A lot happens right around this time. Also, the the police, we find out, are listening to Frank. You know, so the... Uh, like, I mean, is he mob or just gam- like bookie? At the very book, least, he's bookie. a bookie, yeah. Yeah, the bookie very gambler. Least. You know, a like, seedy character. Yeah, 
uh, that takes Dan's money. And so we find out the police are listening to him, and they start, and they think that, you know, this ca- uh, that Dan, but they don't know who he is at this point, is maybe, at first they're thinking, like, is it drug-related, or, like, they, they don't know what's going on. And then, uh, that's also, Frank goes to the airport and confronts Dan, and then once they're in uh, Vegas, I love the little exchange, though, when they, when they go into that huge suite, there's the mirror above the bed, and, uh, and he, he, just, and he just goes, oh, uh, you know, uh, very pornographic. Yeah, very pornographic. Oh, she's like, stop, wow. you know, like just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but this trip, he goes out there with five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that that that's key. And again, Victor finds out, and this is <laughs> when uh, what's Bernie first gets fired because he's pissed off. He's like, what did you do differently? Yeah. And then, he somehow blames Bernie for him taking a trip to Vegas. Yeah. And then Belinda's in the bathroom, and Dan's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna go for a walk, uh, check out, you know, the check out the area." And again, this is just like the same feeling that I think each of us had when he when we were like, "Ah, oh, we know he's gonna be going to Vegas." It's just like he's gonna go to a table right now, and I, I guess that's one thing this film is has a predictability to it, and so it's just like up, oh, and he's not gonna go back to the room, and sure enough she ends up going to look for him like she wakes up and she's in like a little looks like a, like a romantic kind of nighty or whatever and she decides to go and look for uh Dan and we find out that he's playing I think he's playing roulette at that point I don't know all this craps. I think it's craps because it was a, craps, it was yeah. reminding me of Heart 8 Yeah I know it's I think it's Reno and Heart 8 but still, it's such a different character at yeah. the craps table. I imagined while I was watching this, um, like Mahoney on one side and whatever that character's name is. I don't think they even... It might have been... Craps the, player. Craps player. I was going <laughs> to say the gambler, you know. Like on the other side of the table. Like, yeah. I, I would like to see that, obviously. That's not going to happen. You know, we should do... We're not that good at Photoshop. I wish we were better. Or just a big craps table yeah. and all our like favorite film Seymour Hoffman characters around it and put it on Facebook. We can get that done. Maybe make a shirt of it, but I don't want to exploit. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's at that craps table and she, like you said, she sees him and he's like, what does he say? Like, a couple more minutes, a couple more minutes. Yeah, and they, well, they wouldn't even let her by the table. Yeah, there's like a security guard. Like, Victor back in AC is all pissed off and he's like, Take like do whatever it takes to yeah. It's like chloroform back. him. Like, yeah. do you think he's being serious? I mean, I don't think like you know they're not really gonna no, shoot him. No, they're just like do it like you know when you say stuff like that, just like whatever in your powers that you can do to get him back right now. Because they say that he at that point he's up a up million, over, right? Yeah, over a million. She so, doesn't know too. Uh, Belinda no doesn't know she, he's up or down. She knows he has a gambling problem. And sadly, like, she just decides to go home. Yeah, she asks him, what about our weekend? And he just, again, give me give me two minutes, and she ends up flying back to Toronto by herself. Which sucks, but at the same time, she doesn't leave him, which is kind of funny, right? No, this is, no, she doesn't leave him, but this is when I was finally, like, I was, I was remembering, like, oh, okay, she's just not, like, a pushover character. No, 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 no. I agree. So it's weird because he's home now and she's home, but I guess they haven't talked, right? Or... Yeah, they haven't spoken yet. It's so... weird because I, I feel like... I mean, I, I like the reversal. It's different, but I feel like that this scene is typically played out 
with her in the shower and he comes home apologizing, you know? <laughs> but it's like him in the shower. Yeah. And she comes home kind of like, not apologizing, but she's a little apologetic. Well, and, well, she's trying to, because this is where we learn, like, she, we, we've seen, you know, through her facial expressions that she has, like, some clue that, you know, something's going on, or even, like, especially, again, when that, when he uh, goes up close to the TV over that North Carolina Yeah, game. and, I mean, we forgot to mention this, the whole, like, airport, that the bookie meets him at the airport. Yeah. And that's, like, a yeah, indicator. Yeah, involved with those guys. Yeah. Like, who's he, you know, like... But this is where I, you know, so she knows that he has a problem, that he's a gambling problem, and that I think she's just trying to keep it, you know, you know when, when someone has a problem, the worst that, you know, the last thing you you want to do, or maybe you want to do it, but the last thing you should do is point, you know, a finger in their face and say, like, you've got a problem. So she comes in there. I mean, do you want to play the Yeah, clip? let's play the clip. Let's play the clip. Dan? I'm really sorry. For what exactly? I... I never meant to leave you alone. I... I tried to find you, but you left and I... I guess I just missed you. I. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> you do. You gotta do what you gotta do. I know you can't help yourself, Dan. You got a gambling problem, and we are gonna deal with this together. No, Blynn, you don't understand. No, I've been reading up about this, and the first thing you gotta do is admit it to yourself. Blynn, you got things wrong. Just say it, Dan. If you just say it. I don't have a gambling problem. Do you think I'm an idiot? I have a... a financial problem. You owe money. Yes. To the men of the airport. Yes, and I know what I'm doing. All right, you gotta trust me, please. I have $2,000 in my savings account. If I cash in my retirement plan, it's another 3000 Will that help? Will that make us into a normal couple? How much do you owe, for Christ's sakes? Twenty thousand? Where did you get that number? I made it up. Hey, look, Blynn, I... I know I've not been here for you lately, but things are different now. I... I had a great run last night, and that guy at the airport, I can pay him back in full. And then what? Things will be different.
Did we go to Vegas so you could clear a gambling debt? Because you know why I thought we went there? I mean, when I saw the room and everything. <laughs> I mean, what was I supposed to think? Why do people go to Vegas? I thought we were going to get married. I mean, that's what normal people do in Vegas. It's not how I'd have planned it, but if you'd asked, I'd have said yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you want me to leave? So, classic Canadian apology scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just a terrific scene because we get that. I, lo I love how he's like rarely like looking at her in her eyes and just through his, you know, it's unfortunate podcast and you guys aren't watching <laughs> what we're uh what we're uh playing for you but his body language alone especially towards the end when it's just her talking and com uh, confronting him before he you know says that he's sorry and asks if she wants him to leave but you know i mean this is where she, you know she brings up to him she says that important line she says it like later on of you know like when you know like and what's going to change like what's going to be different about you know yeah once you pay these guys yeah she, I mean she offers essentially all her money yeah she just wants a normal life with him like a nice simple normal life with him and it's kind of sad yeah I mean well that's the whole thing again it's not one of those I feel like any time any movie where we see people are in crazy amounts of debt and there's just always you know like I mean, we'll, so I mean let's go to you know one like that we know like with like Hard 8 there's just always there's you know violence in that movies and the state the stakes seem the stakes are high in this but we're just like the, I, I I guess what's nice and different about it is that it, it focuses much more on like the intimate level of the stakes yeah yeah it's it's different you know how many movies do you think have been made about someone having a huge gambling debt? I mean, probably tons. Yeah, exactly. But how many of them just like focus pretty much solely on on the care and a character like this? You know, a character who's understated and he he's robbing people blind, but it's not. You don't feel like he's a criminal. Do you ever feel like he's a criminal? You know? No, I mean to like, I mean just even uh, towards the end. I mean, when he finally gets arrested, there's all those cop cars, and when he gets out, he goes, uh, is there a problem? Like, it's like, <laughs> come on, man, you know exactly what's going on right now. Like, you know, like, if there's that many, if it was one cop car and they just, like, threw the sirens on, it's like, that's, like, the right reaction because it's like, oh, is my taillight out or something? But when you have about <laughs> ten cop cars I around mean, you... Maybe, he's, maybe he thinks he's still get away with it. So right after, right, that's when they like they they start auditing the accounts, and this is like a yearly auditing. It seems like mm -hmm. we should have talked to our accounting friends to see how often they audit in yes. Canada. But but it, even a mini driver's character 
says like, "Oh, the auditing's come late this year or something," you know. Yeah. And and this is when, I mean, at least I thought, okay, they're gonna finally catch him here. No, even still, it's just uh, uh, well, yeah, especially when his assistant went, uh, when like I guess the head auditor is speaking to Dan's assistant. He's like, oh, you're going to have to speak to Mr. Mahoney about that person, like about the Phantom. It's just like, how is that not, like... Because <laughs> no one does wrong. I don't think crime exists in Canada, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> no, and then you'll have to explain, like, this part to me, because what, the auditing, they he kind of talks his way out of it, and they're mm. just, like, smiley and nice about it. But then there's... He needs to get money... Like a transfer a lot of money, does but he doesn't want to put his name to it. So they do a couple things, right? Like they make like a yeah, make it like he could deposit in their fake account. Like he doesn't create the fake account; the casino does. And then they have to fly. Originally, is he's gonna get the bookie to go to Vegas and write the money out? But I, you can look at my notes right in front of me. Right, <laughs> I put very confused. <laughs> no, I know it's this whole. It's like one of those moments where, you know, I guess, so not that this this isn't like a heist movie or anything like that, <laughs> but like you want almost like there to be a narration and to show you like what's going, like much more like visuals of like what's going on and how they're <laughs> Like pulling. the big short? Yeah. Like, no, no, I know what you're saying. Just like that, you know, that exposition and like the visuals to show you exactly what they mean. Because they're just talking at like a different point. They're like, oh, like... Then they're going to fly the cage over to Atlantic City because Frank wasn't there to sign for it. <laughs> it's so and it's weird. Just, but again, it's pretty much the big thing is that uh, Dan is like has a meeting with like his bosses and then even that that uh, client that we mentioned on uh, that we mentioned earlier, they're extending her credit to some like very large amount, right? Yeah, because they like what's happening here. Yeah. Because they, she has overdrawn. She thinks she only drew, overdrew 500,000, 500, but she but overdrew 5 million yeah. because he overdrew it. And they're like, this is great because now her rich dad will have to back up the account. If he backs up the account, we can, uh, up, extend it to like ex- some, yeah, extend it to a crazy number. I and think the, it was like 10 million. The more she spends, the better. Cause you know, they get like interest on it. There's such a method to his madness here. Like you said, we don't get, cause with this, he's, it takes out a lot more money. Mm-hmm. This is once he's back down in AC, this is when, this is the big gambling climax. Certainly the high anxiety scene of the film. Yeah. Number one, the big thing I recognize is earlier on, I think the first casino we're in, he's watching uh, from the back and, like, kind of behind this crowd walking through of this, there's this, like, Asian guy that has, like, security all around him, and now in this scene, he is getting walked around like that guy with, like, security all around him, bringing him to a table, and I have never heard of this, but he was dealing himself his own cards with, like, yeah, with the yeah. dealer there. Yeah, it's so weird. Blackjack at that I point. guess he's just such a good customer at that casino, they let him do whatever he wants. But uh, that's highly suspect. Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, again, Victor knows, like, how much money he has with him, which is, like, $10 million. Crazy. And, yeah. <laughs> and so he's just, he's, you know, got his ribs, he's got his security walking him through, and he's dealing his own cars, but then we get 
we learn that the New Jersey State Police is at the casino, and first they ask about Frank's name, and then they ask about Dan Mahoney, and it's for his, like, deposit records. They start reading off, which is starts out in the hundred thousands and then incrementally goes up to whatever the final amount was that he brought that day. And also another, they, uh, the people that work at this AC casino for Victor, they also dub, uh, Dan, the ice man. Yeah. They call him the ice man. I guess cause he's just got a very still chill look, not Richard Kuklinski, the ice no. man though from Dumont, New Jersey. <laughs> think, not Iceman from X Men either, or from Top Gun. Oh, I, of course, I could forget that Iceman. It's a, <laughs> such a common nickname. So yeah, I mean, and and it's obvious why he's the Iceman because he's just like you said, he's just cool. Like, yeah, and not in, not in the not in the old fashioned, which is yeah, like, chill. At but, one point, he's just when, again when he's dealing himself during blackjack, he just keeps. That's when they're like, oh, he's betting $70,000 hands. Yeah, he's, he's not betting chips. He's betting the rack of chips. Yeah, and he just keeps putting more and more racks on uh, top and of course, And, of course, he loses it all. Yeah, well, they even say, again, those guys that are, like, watching him from the security room, they're like, he just busted the table. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much is, like, uh, how much money is supposed to be on those tables. And, and, again, Bernie. Bernie's like... Yeah, Bernie tries to get him to go. He's like, cut it, man. You're, yeah. you're up so much. You won. And it's just, it's so depressing when you see him with just, like, the last couple of chips. Because, again, I've never bet on that level, of course. Yeah. And I know you haven't either. I can't even, I've, like, when I lose $100. But you know that feeling when you're, you were up, and then you're going and Yeah, down, and you're just down, like, down. why didn't I just, or no, yeah. it's like, it's the up, but then even, like, once you get back to the amount you started with, and then you decide to keep playing with And that, you're like, I just might as well this this, this point, you know, yeah. I might get on a roll I mean, again. sometimes, you know, like, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Like, I've been on tables that I've sat at a table for, like, four or five hours, and it's just, and it can be fun. You know, that's, that's, that's fine, but then, like, I've sat at tables and lost my money, you know, like, especially when you're not playing with as much. You could just sit down and like lose. You know, if, it, if it's fifteen dollar hands and you're playing with two hundred dollars, it really doesn't take. You know, and you just try not to think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you just, you just walk away and you're just like, "Well, I wish I had that money to buy some drinks right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, there is that moment. He's up I, again. I forget exactly like how much he's up by, and then he sees himself standing on the other side of the table. But not as the character from Hard Eight, not, unfortunately. Not as a uh, craps player from Hard Eight. <laughs> but he sees himself, and then both Victor and uh, it looks like his like floor manager, they're watching, they're like, he never he never pauses like this, and he's just kind of staring at himself across the way, and then when he starts playing again, that's when he loses that hand. Then he loses another, and like you said, we finally get that shot of him just sitting there with like his last few chips, and he goes up to his suite and burn like he offers Bernie. He's like, "Oh, I've never tipped you before," and Bernie doesn't want to. No, because what is he just taking something out of his wallet? Yeah, and <laughs> he just saw that he lost millions of dollars. Yeah, and Bernie feels bad. It's not just because he might get fired or which he ends up getting fired. He just feels bad for him as a person. Yeah, and brings him down to the exit. And again, Victor Victor just knows that like something's been up this whole time, that obviously he must be doing something illegal because they find out that he's a bank manager that makes uh, something in, like, I think I think they even said, like, 
22 like it was something in $20,000 range that he makes annually today like in the t- at the time he made $10,000 a year which is crazy really yeah like nuts right oh okay I mean I which to me oh they didn't go pro- they didn't say the was this supposed to be it is yeah they start out by saying 80 to 82 yeah but they didn't make it the right amount I, like the real guy it said 10,000 oh the movie said 20, so I'm assuming that means that... I don't know. Regardless, I don't care what age... How is he dealing with all these accounts and all this money, and he's like a junior partner or whatever? Yeah. And that's he's all he's making. making? Yeah. Remind me not to go into banking. Well, because they know. take out all that money for their uh, health care. Yes. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it. He doesn't have to pay for anything like that. So. Exactly. <laughs> that's Canada. But, yeah, Victor is just waiting there for him, and he has... It's kind of It's kind of nice. He, like, has ribs and a Coke, and he, like, you know, yeah. gives him a little farewell, and then that's when Bernie gets fired, and uh, as I said before, there I thought I thought it was going to, did you think it was going to happen at the at the airport? I didn't remember exactly when it happened, but... I, I thought it might, but... Then they just kind of slowly follow him for a while? Did, does He's fixing that mirror. Do you think he sees them at that point? I'm not sure. Well, one, all the cop cars look like taxis in yeah, the 1980 so Toronto. They're like the yellowish, orangeish taxi colors. If we have any fans from Canada, please, like, you know, get back to us and tell yeah, us. Yeah, especially those Toronto. I'm assuming those are Toronto police. Like, yeah. I mean, I, look, they're taxis for us. Maybe the taxis in Toronto are Crown Victorias that are like black and white. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Like, but it, 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 that was a little confusing, and he gets pulled over and like you mentioned he just acts like oh what's the problem officer like that kind of attitude and no he's arrested the jig is up and then we find like it's like each and every person in his life at that point finds out from his boss I mean Belinda already like knows but she gets she gets a phone call but it's just like his boss and just everybody in his life at work finds out uh, that it's 10.2 million dollars and i know you read this fact but it's kind of funny right and this is ultimately the reason why this movie is hard to get this movie is about a guy who steals 10.2 million dollars and loses it all essentially yeah this film's budget is 10 million (laughs) dollars i didn't think about it in that like i I left it at that but (laughs) this film's budget is 10 million dollars it made like one yeah if that and loses essentially this film is I mean and, and we like it it's a good film but it's the same crime as what the film <laughs> the, the the film's about you know it's a, some movie investor lost a lot of money in this yeah and it's just like it's just ironic like oh my god what a high crime but yeah. you lose that much in Hollywood and it's just eh because it's, it's a gambling industry I got nothing <laughs> <laughs> no I mean yeah. like any yeah, investment yeah, yeah. it's a gamble but yeah. it's, it's just funny how like only like this like literal gambling and I, I almost how I feel like Hollywood where you can put that much money down for something mm-hmm. and not even you know and lose it all yeah L- almost all of it I mean, it's just funny a lot it's... of people thought they were going to go see a movie about Owen, Owen Mahoney so <laughs> <laughs> they were very disappointed kind of impressive that Belinda is still there for him yeah and like you said Sure enough, where where they go, they go to because he gets out on bail because oh yeah, client. I thought that was actually funny. So the client he was screwing over the whole time, 
they think she's going to be pissed off, but she's actually happy about it. Yeah, because she has something yeah. against the bank now. She's like, now I have leverage. Because they were, I don't want to say treating her like shit, because she was like a rich person, and they were like, oh, we're not going to give you all the money. But uh, they were they were being a little bit fussy with her, I guess. Sure. And she's going to get her money back, because the, it's the bank that loses in that case. It's mm. not her, because they're the ones who screwed up. And she's just, she's like happy. They have like a yoga scene, and she's like, oh, now I'm just going to borrow more money from them. <laughs> yeah, borrow more money, and I'm going to. And she, yeah, she, ba- bail and she bails him out just to kind of like piss the bank off. Yeah. And like you said, they go to Niagara Falls. They have a nice little scene there. And then we cut to kind of that opening little scene with him and where he's just sitting. We never see the person talking to him, but they're just talking to him of the like the thrill of gambling and they say on a scale from like one to a hundred what was the thrill of gambling and this is the first time like Belinda wanted him to do in that uh, scene we played for you he finally says like oh yeah my thrill of gambling is a hundred and then they ask out like a th- the highest number for a thrill outside of gambling and he goes twenty <laughs> And then, yeah, you know, pretty much he just has to accept that. You know, they ask him if he's okay living his life at the thrill level of a twenty. Twenty's eh, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I can get that though, in terms of just. I mean, I, I, I'm not an addict. I don't. At least I don't think. Who knows? But in anything in life, like you can't expect to live your life at a hundred. Think yeah. of like the greatest time you've had and and you can't it would just get tiresome anyway i don't know <laughs> i mean tiresome it wouldn't be a hundred anymore yeah you know yeah. like because then that would just go to the medium whatever it is so i as funny and quirky as that little line is mm-hmm. i still like it and appreciate it that like he's okay with living his life at a 20 because while his biggest thrill was a hundred i bet when he lost all that money it was like negative a hundred yeah. You know, so it's like, 20's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, 20, yeah, 20 is on the plus of that then. So, yeah, so, yeah if you're going to rate life on a scale of 1 to 10 and you're just living comfortably, evenly at 20, okay. <laughs> so, Hot Fans, please let us know what you think you're living your life on <laughs> This podcast, would you rate it at 20 or 100? Just let us know. Those are your only two options. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the film. Yeah, and we get just a little, then the true life uh, info and he got a six like I said earlier six year sentence he ended up uh, marrying Belinda on a three day pass uh, from jail and now there's even a a day celebrated in the city of Atlantic City for uh, Brian Maloney the real guy yes that's weird I mean I'm sure they don't really actually celebrate it there I think we've known about it no they just know that day is like (laughs) Like, how would you recommend this film to someone who hasn't seen it? Yeah, I would recommend uh, to see it if they can get their hands on it. Oh, well, that's <laughs> true. We don't re- we don't recommend you to break the law. Yeah, and don't want you to get a virus in your computer. Just buy the DVD. Buy yeah, the DVD. it was like three or four bucks. We should. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't. didn't look we didn't do enough. our prep time. Honestly. Yeah. Did, yeah. So, I I, w- I would also recommend it. Yeah. You know why? Because it's like a nice, despite like. It's hard to find. It's a nice, easy watch. Anxiety-driven, yes, but it's not. It, it moves fast. Yeah, it's got. It's a, again an hour forty-five minutes. It's not, got a good pace. To not too it. much dialogue. No, and it's a very 
you know, good performance by Philip Zimmer Hoffman and Mini Driver. And, and at least, again, this is one of the few films. I don't know, how many episodes are we in now? 33, I think this one's going to so be. So we're in the 30s, and how many films has he been the star of? Not many. Probably count them on one hand. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, this is this is nice. This is it, It's nice for us. We, wa- we're, we watch him the whole time. And he's good, and he has this awesome, understated performance. There's something bubbling under there. He doesn't let it out. He doesn't really have a meltdown, per se. No. But it's... To me, like I said, that's how you can justify how he could have gotten away with this, because he was just, like, cool as a cucumber, you know? Mm -hmm. Not cool, acceptable, but just, like, calm. Yeah, just kept his demeanor. Kept his demeanor. And I mean, yeah. So and, like, and, I mean, who else could you get to play that except for like Philip Seymour Hoffman? So that was going to be my next question for you. A little unfair, but if you pictured somebody else in this role, do you think that the movie is the same? Because I think like it, he makes this movie. As, as Minnie Driver is great, I, I do like her in this. But I think his performance here makes the movie and not a lot of people could pull that off I think people would probably pull it off really big no yeah he just exactly like again we don't see films that deal with this subject that handle it and tell a story like this one and so when you have a guy that's in high stakes and has an addiction like this but you want to keep him this like mild mannered like pretty like quiet guy that's when you go and you hire Philip Seymour Hoffman and you have him just like knock it out of the ballpark because again from just the way he delivers his lines the way he uh just his looks in the film you you can see that he is like especially when he's at the tables he's thinking so many thoughts and he's just so expressive with his uh eyes and gestures and off the top of my head I can't think of someone that I would rather play that role who knows if it's better or worse with somebody else? I think probably worse, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Point is, no one's going to play it like him that we know. No one's going to do that. Nobody does it better. <laughs> Thank you. So that's Owning Mahoney. Kyle, we've been really interacting on Facebook. We've been really getting some great Facebook comments. Yeah. Do you mind if I read some? Please, please. So sorry we can't read all of your comments on the podcast, but we do now like to read some. Yeah. Hillary actually corrected us. She said, this is for Red Dragon, by the way. And oh, okay. this was uh, when we were discussing Anthony versus Anthony Hopkins. Anthony uh, Hopkins. Yes. She says, hey guys, the Anthony pronunciation is a British thing, much like Rafe for Ralph. Like Rafe Fiennes. Yeah. So. Thank you for the. Correction. That makes sense. Thank you, Hillary. Hillary. Also on Red Dragon, uh, someone who goes by the name Lysander, possibly a real name, possibly... Uh, what is it? Lysander. It's from a Shakespearean play. Oh, okay. John Harden, is that your alter ego? <laughs> I think it's from Midsummer's Night Dream, but it could be a name. It's a nice name. I think I named a fish that once. <laughs> Regardless, Lysander says, Manhunter was a better adaptation. That's what, hey, well, when we uh, talked about it on you know on the podcast, that was uh, discussed as far as Michael Mann and critics really liked that one. Yeah, so so Lysander says Manhunter was a better adaptation. 
Someone called Coty, C-O-T-Y, says, nah. <laughs> and Lysander replied, yeah. Glad, yeah, glad you guys could have that argument on our cast. <laughs> so we, we also like to read the negative comments because just just to spice it up a little, Kyle and I are very fair guys. So Kyle Siegfried wrote, <laughs> I know you want to say Roy, but no. Nope, not going to say it. <laughs> Siegfried wrote, this was dot 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 okay. I love Rosario, but the ending was dumb. Do you agree? Um, Sorry, this is for 25th hour, I should have specified. Yeah. Uh, well, Rosario is awesome. Yes, I do agree with that. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I really enjoyed the ending, and maybe they, I don't know, did I would like to talk to Siegfried, is it, wait, is it Siegfried? Siegfried with an S. Siegfried? Uh, like to maybe we can I'll, I'll message them back and see what they thought happened in the ending because it is an ending that has that some people I mean it's pretty shut book as far as like what it is supposed to be but some people think it's one thing some people think it's another I like the ending but I can understand how someone like Siegfried might not like the ending they certainly made a choice there that like yeah because maybe Siegfried was like, oh, I wish it actually ended with that happy ending, and the fact that it didn't. No happy endings here, no nope. Siegfried. <laughs> we don't like happy endings here on this Only podcast. Tiger Malls. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this is the last comment I'll share. It's from someone whose first name is Random. Random. I'm <laughs> and they just wrote, I don't care. Wow. <laughs> now, do they, about do... the film, about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Random, just, reach out to us. What don't you, you care what do about? What do you care about? I guess you don't care enough to, enough to yeah. <laughs> comment and say what it was. But we care, Random. We care, so... Yeah, we care. Uh, I don't know. I guess they saw it in their feed and were just like, I don't care. Do you think they write I don't care to everything that they see in their feed that yeah. they don't like? Facebook should make an I don't care emoji. Mm. Just like maybe a guy with like his hands up like... I don't care. There is yeah. that way to do like that with oh like, yeah, still, like just like the <laughs> slashes and dots and like I don't know it, but I've seen it. I've seen it. I haven't like analyzed it enough to remember the order. Of I'll it. say this: if I was gonna do it, I would probably just copy and paste it from somewhere else. Sure. Regardless, guys, we're loving your comments. Yeah. We just want to read Hillary, again. Hillary, Siegfried, Random, all you people. <laughs> thank you. So thank you for commenting. Thank you for listening. As always. Uh, like, follow, share, subscribe. What do we have next week, Kyle? We've got Cold Mountain. It's another period piece, and it's by the same director, uh, already a collaborative Philip Seymour Hoffman's in Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, Civil War stuff. I'm excited to go back to yeah, that Yeah, and Jude time Law period. is in it again. So. Oh, Jude Law, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I definitely... I saw Cold Mountain a while ago. I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm excited I, to watch yeah, it. Yeah, same here. Week. Saw it a while ago. I know it's a smaller role for him you know he's but yeah i didn't a, remember he but was I rem- in it. yeah but it's a but it's a really fun role oh is it okay yeah, he has cool. a lot, he has some really good super excited with you for that so guys again thanks for listening i know i mentioned that but also just check out cage club stuff a lot yeah. of great stuff that's been going on lately a lot yes, of new uh, stuff yeah cinemakers that's yeah, the, a really fun one they're covering all the films of steve soderbergh i can't wait for behind the candelabra who yeah sky yeah Scott, Scott. My little baby, my little baby, baby boy. boy. That's honestly one of my favorite films. 
Also, listen to last week's episode, guys, if you haven't already. I know it's not one of the film, but we had such a blast talking to Amos Poe, the director of Phil Turnoffin's first yeah, film. I'm still just like like juiced from that. <laughs> if you're a Hoff fan and if you've listened this far into this episode, you definitely yeah, how do you are. not want to listen to an episode that we get to talk with the director of his first feature film. And not just as a director, right? Like, a guy who knew him. Knew him, had some fun, like, stories. Saw him four and... days before he passed away. Yeah. That's... So definitely check that episode out. Thanks so much again for listening. And Kyle? Hoff fans, Siegfried, stay uncool. Sex of things, sex of things, you.